Welcome back to the Sweet Things Podcast. I'm Kara. And I'm Katiri. And guys, you are not ready for today's episode. We were not ready. It was so last minute. And this was probably, this is probably my favorite moment as a Sweet Thing, personally. Honestly, I agree. This is like top moment ever. This is like, this made my year. Let's be honest. If you know us, if you're new here, then we'll tell you right now. But if you're if you know us in real life or if you're a fan, you know that we are huge reality TV fans and in particular mm-hmm. Big Brother. Big Brother is literally what brought the two of us together and is the reason we're as close as we are today. The reason we even have a podcast is Big Brother. And so mm-hmm. if you watch the show, hopefully you're wa- you watch the show if you're listening to this now. If not, still going to be a great episode. <laughs> but you know that Pooch was technically the first person evicted, second person to go home from this season. And somehow he is on our podcast today and we just had the best interview ever with him. It was so good. It was a great conversation with him. And if you're not a fan of Big Brother and you're listening to this, I think after listening to our interview with him, you will want to watch the show and learn more about it because he's just so knowledgeable about it. He was great and it was awesome. And as fans of the show, personally, it was amazing to hear from someone that was firsthand on the show and that mm-hmm. loves the show as well. It was just so amazing. The experience was just incredible. We feel like he is our best friend now. Like, we will be friends yeah. forever. <laughs> We're on cloud nine right now. Like <laughs> Truly, you could hear it in our voices. We are just so excited about this episode. It was an amazing interview. So we're skipping all the life updates and all that kind of stuff. And we're just going to get right into the interview. So without further ado, here is our interview with Joe Pucciarelli, a.k.a. Pooch. He was on the most recent season that's currently airing, Big Brother 24 on CBS. He is from our hometown of Staten Island, New York, so this one hit, it really hit home. <laughs> so it was awesome to get to talk to him about Staten Island and Big Brother, two big things in our lives, so enjoy the episode. So what's the sitch? I guess we should probably get like a little background of like yeah. who you are and not really just who you are because I feel like we know and a lot of fans know from the show but we want to know yeah. like going on the show were you like a big super fan would you consider yourself more of a casual fan like where would you put yourself in those categories yeah so it's kind of crazy um I think super fan the way I define that is if you know like every player of every season like you know, the real small details. So I wouldn't say that, but I would say I'm definitely above a casual fan. You know, I've been watching for years and years with my mom. Like I'm the type where I know, you know, the players, their names, their faces. But if you ask me what season, I might struggle. Like, oh, they're like right away, they were on 20 or 21. Uh, but definitely a, like huge big brother fan. Uh, this is like, one of the only, I think two or three people, if that, that was not recruited, you know, and I applied on my own. Uh, this was the first time I ever applied to be on Big Brother, uh, kind of just because not that I was, you know, I was just looking for a new football job coaching. And uh, I was kind of like, screw it. I was like, I love the show. Um, I've never applied for reality TV before, I promise. Uh, so this was my first shot. I went one for one, which is pretty cool because uh, I kind of consider myself a pretty normal dude. Um, so the fact that I did it kind of, you know, on, on, a, on a whim and it worked out is, you know, amazing. Uh, so I'll definitely say not a super, super fan, but definitely not a casual fan, um, you know. So I love the show. I love Big Brother. And that's why I can't wait to watch the rest of the season, you know, with all the fans and everybody else. 
That's so awesome. And we're, I know we mentioned to you, we're also from Staten Island. Kara, I live in Arizona now, but Kara is literally on Staten Island right now. Yeah. So we think it's so cool. Our brother, oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah. Our, our brothers have applied before. So we think like whenever anyone from Staten Island is on the show, we're always like, oh my God, like they're just like us. Like just, it's so weird to see like, <laughs> regular people from our hometown on the show. Yeah. No, that's, that's what's truly amazing. Yeah. Like to see people our age and like, younger it's just so crazy to think about my brother Daniel went to Farrell and from your intro video we could tell it was Farrell so <laughs> we figured out that you guys are probably at Farrell at the same time because he's you know we're all around the same age I'm 25 he's 23 um yeah. so like did you have that moment when you were like throughout the process or when you were standing on stage like I'm here, like, this is crazy, like, like, you're that person now. Yeah, it was so, for sure, because, like, I, and that's the way I explain it, is I'm such a normal dude, like, the fact that this is all going on, like, I didn't have a social media following, like, I wouldn't go on Instagram live, I didn't, you know, I wasn't the biggest social media person at all, so the fact that this is all happening right now, like, my phone is, like, it's, I can't even go on it, the amount of notifications and, you know, text, uh, tweets, DMs. Uh, like I have three or four people helping me right now go through my social media that all have my password. It was wild, you know, because I consider myself such a normal dude that, you know, the fact that, you know, I think I keep it pretty cool though in big situations. And I was standing there on stage and my friggin' hand was shaking and I couldn't <laughs> stop it, you know, and I've coached in co uh, college football. I've coached at the University of uh, uh, Gain or Florida in Gainesville. I coached at University of Oklahoma, Ohio State, and some pretty big games where I was able to keep it cool, you know, calm and collected. But standing next to Julie Chen, man, if y'all saw the first episode, my armpits were sweating so <laughs> bad, so bad. And I was so embarrassed going back and watching it now that I was like, and I knew it was going to happen because they kind of, they pick out your opening night outfit. Like you give them a bunch of choices. And that was like my last option. I did not want them to pick that. I just, <laughs> they wanted like a dressier option. Uh, so I gave him that shirt with the dress pants and I was like hoping, please don't pick it. Please don't pick it. And they friggin' picked it, you know? <laughs> so uh, going back and when I sweat, I only sweat from my armpits. Everything else is cool. Nothing. Your boy's good. No sweat. But when I go, man, my armpits friggin' go. Uh, so that, that definitely showed how nervous I was. And especially if y'all saw when I walked past the big golden chair, um, yeah. I was upstairs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was not on purpose. That was not an act. Your boy was just <laughs> super clumsy. And literally the big, it was like a six foot, seven foot golden chair. Yes, I walked right past it. So I was obviously a little bit shaken up. <laughs> there was a lot going on, so. No, absolutely. And then uh, especially because before um, the opening night, they kind of told us about how the first HOH competition would go. And they're like, hey, you'll either go to the porta potties, the jewelry station, or the hang thing, the hang from the shirts. So they didn't bring up, obviously, the whole backstage boss thing. So when I put my ticket in and backstage boss came in, I was a guy like, what the hell is this? Like, was I not paying attention? Did I like miss? Did they say what this part was, which they didn't? Um, yeah. So my mind was going about a, uh, a million miles a minute. So that, that is so crazy. Yeah, it was wild. Absolutely wild. So going back to like the whole casting process, what was that like? And like when you... I guess got kidnapped like yeah you no know it was coming do they randomly just like 
I'm huh. telling you. So yeah. So going back to the, I, or just speaking about the casting process from the beginning, mm-hmm. obviously this was the first time I've done everything, anything like this in my life. So it was kind of good that I had no idea what to expect. So mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was doing good, if I was doing bad, it was all on zoom. So I, I kept getting called because you do probably by the end of it, like seven or eight zoom interviews, you know, and you keep moving up or higher level people. Um, and you, but they don't really tell you if you're doing good. They just say, Hey, if you stop here and back, that's bad. You know, if you keep hearing, I mean, that's obviously good. Um, so I kept doing more and more zoom interviews and it's funny because the last zoom interview, it was with CBS and they're very high level executives. And, you know, I felt confident in my earlier zoom meetings that I was kind of crushing it in a way, you know, it was like, I've never done this before. I'm doing really good. And I got to the final zoom interview and I friggin' tanked it. it was awful. I got off. I was like, that was the worst interview I've done in my life. I was like, I can't believe it. Like I, I crushed every other one. I was doing so well. And then I got to the major one with the high level CBS executives and I friggin' just didn't have it that day. You know, and it's obviously very, not quick, but they give you about 20, 30 minutes and you got to go all out and whatever it was for that day, I just didn't have it. And I was so upset. I called because uh, they kind of attach you the first lady that gives you your call back uh, from the casting team. So I'm very close with her now. And uh, I called her. I was like, oh, my God, I let you down. I'm so sorry. Like, we were so close. Um, you know, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, relax, relax. She was like, they use a little bit from each interview. So you'll be like, if you did, you did very well in the other ones, you should be okay. We'll see what happens. So that was in maybe April. And then I didn't hear anything from April to like the middle of June, you know, and they start sending you more information, more paperwork. And you're like, okay, I'm getting a little closer. And then they'll send you, hey, you're in the top 50, you're in the top 25. But I still had no idea. And I'm living down in Florida in the time. And, you know, I wanted to make sure I wasn't still in a lease, you know, for my apartment if this worked out, because I didn't know how long I'd be there. I didn't want to keep paying rent. Um, So finally, I'm like, hey, it's getting close. I think I need to move from Florida to New York. Um, So I was doing that whole process. I got a moving truck, a moving company. Um, So I called them. They picked myself up in Florida. So I get to New York and I don't have any of my stuff. I have like one suitcase with a little bit of clothes. So I finally get a call and they're like, hey, we're going to come shoot your intro. Like if you do end up being picked for the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm on the phone with the guy and I'm like, hey, I was like, should, should I be ready to go? Like, it was like, am I leaving tomorrow? Like, I don't know if you could tell me, but like, should I be ready to go? Cause right now I don't have any of my stuff. I was like, I'm not packed obviously. Cause I have nothing. And he was like, um, he was laughing. He goes, I can't, you know, exactly say but he was like if I were you I'd be ready to go and that's when I was like oh shit I was like okay hopped in my uh car went to the Staten Island Mall went to Target (laughs) and everything that I wore in the show was freshly bought because I had nothing because my moving truck didn't get to New York till I was already in California uh so it was definitely a crazy experience to hold they truly kidnap you you know they truly they give you like a time frame but nobody I thought it would be like hey we're picking you up on this day. You're leaving this day, you know, so you're hundred percent ready to go. And, but they really make it so like, they do such a good job of really not letting you know either how well you're doing in the process, even like they have, um, what are they called? Uh, substitutes uh, like Joe was my Joseph, who's my boy. And I'm so happy he got put on the show. Um, but like, I had no idea when, even when I was in sequester in the hotel for two weeks before they put you on the show, I had no idea if I was a substitute or if I was actually on the show. They like, they just don't tell you, you know, they really don't. And then you start doing a little bit more media where you're at the hotel and you kind of, 
in your head, you're like, I think I'm on, but until you walk through the door, you know, I'm the type of person I think worst case scenario. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a substitute or okay. Like what if I get COVID, but you know, everything worked out and I'm so blessed and happy it did. That is so funny to hear like behind the scenes, because I feel like watching the show, like growing up, you see them go to their house and they're like, I got to get packed. And they go get their suitcase. And I'm like, oh, it's so staged. But to I hear did the same thing. You, that's like crazy. Exactly. Like you think I was like, I swear, like I wasn't packed when they came to my house and I was shooting. I was truly still packing because I wasn't ready to go. So it's amazing. You think it's staged. You're like, because I see the whole thing. They, they film you before you, you get in the car. You're like, oh, I'm going to California. See you guys. But like, it's truly pretty damn close to that. I promise. Wow. Amazing. That's so crazy. So crazy. I guess I'm just curious about, let's go back to like, when you first got there, you're the backstage boss. Obviously that's like very randomized. Like it could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Like, were you happy when you got it? Or are you kind of like, this could jeopardize my game? Do you think that that's a reason that you're seen as a threat? Like kind of your whole outlook on that. Yeah, so I think, you know, honestly, and looking back at it now, I don't think it was randomized. You know, that show is very, uh, they do things for a reason, you know, and I learned that and I saw that being on the show and they, you know, it is not that it's fixed. I don't think by any means, but I do think certain things they do for a reason, you know, and I do think that they definitely obviously made sure that whoever got the backstage boss was in the last group to make it more exciting, you know, to make it like it was unexpected. And I could definitely see them, you know, picking somebody with a big personality like myself, you know, because it would have been, it's hard for me to say under the radar whether I was the backstage boss or not. Um, so them doing that, it was just like, I was like, I know what you guys are doing. I was like, you guys are killing me. Like, I know what you're doing. Uh, I'm the row with the punches, but I definitely wasn't happy about it, you know, because I felt like, you know, it just made me, I was already above the radar or, you know, a, a couple of days into the show because I can't shut up which is, you know, a blessing and a curse. Um, but, you know, I definitely, I was happy about it because I knew I'd be there for more than one week. You know, you know, you're safe, you know, and that's awesome, especially because how hard that process is. You don't want to be the first one to go home. You know, it was so much. It took literally months of work. There's so much that goes into it, paperwork, filming, uh, you know, pictures. I had to send them a ton. So it was nice knowing I was safe for the week, but I was like, dude, come on, like your boy's already got a target on his back, you know, and that's definitely not helping. Did you have a strategy going into the game? And did yeah, so I, everybody, and you know, they did a couple interviews before we went into the house and asked you your strategy. And as a fan, you know, I knew I could never be a floater. You know, it's just not who I am personally. It's not who I wanted to be. It's not what I wanted to be for the fans. Um, it was something where I was going to go in and try and make big moves and, you know, crazy decisions, like the whole pawn decision, which obviously did not work out. <laughs> uh, but it was something where, you know, I wanted to go after big targets, which is, you know, and I see the whole Taylor controversy. And the only reason I went after Taylor is because, and I explained it, I see a lot of her and myself where it's, you know, we're both going to be ourselves. We're going to speak our mind, you know, we're strong competitors and that's dangerous in the game. Um, and it's something where, you know, I just wanted to go after big targets. And I really honestly wanted to go after, you know, big male physical threats, you know, because a lot of people are scared and they don't go or take shots at them till later in the game. And, Going into the house, all the guys are so frigging cool. You know, my boy Monty's awesome. Kyle's amazing. The other half, the blue-eyed bash bros, he's awesome. Uh, Kyle's mom called me yesterday, and me and Kyle's mom spoke on the phone for about an hour. Uh, she's an amazing woman. We're going to be great friends after this. Obviously, me and Joseph, you know, which that's my cuddle partner, as y'all saw, which 
I can't believe how much of that was actually on the show, which is because that's the stuff you don't think they're even going to put on. Mm -hmm. um, but the guys are awesome, you know, and that's why I tried to make the all guys alliance because, you know, it would have been very hard for me to go after them so early because, you know, I truly, I mean, I could say I truly loved hanging out with them, you know, being around those guys. They were awesome. You know, at the end of the day, I truly am a bros, bro. Like I'm a guy's guy. Mm -hmm. um, and I really thought the all guys alliance, if we all stayed intact, that we were strong competitors, you know, we could have got down to the end and then we could afford it from there, you know, but I get it that, you know, people were, because we didn't win a couple competitions early on, we gave, you know, the power to the other side of the house and the girls did exact, the girls, girls aligned, did exactly what we were trying to do, you know, and the guys kind of jumped, once they saw the girls won, they kind of jumped aboard the all guys alliance and, you know, they did what was smart for that game. So it makes sense. So when you're in the house, can you tell like when alliances are forming between other people? So the thing I could say about that is yes and no, because sometimes things are so clear because with so many people in the house early on, the backyards only open one day a week on Sunday, you know, maybe Saturday night. So that house, yes, is a decent size. But when there's 16 people in it, if there's three or four people that are, you know, away or somewhere else for a long period of time, you definitely know this, you know, and it's mm -hmm. the biggest thing I knew when I was screwed was right after the veto competition, uh, the mermaid one, which I finally watched last night, which gets me so mad because <laughs> I should have friggin' won that one. And I just couldn't get the balls into my head. Um, mm -hmm. Right after the veto competition, I saw all the girls and Michael go into the HOH room. And I was like, that's never been done before. And I was like, I put myself up as the pawn. Like, I think I should be in that room, like in that meeting right now, you know? And it was something where obviously they were looking at their options and they were looking at the big thing is they were actually looking at putting me and Joe up against each other. And that probably would have helped me, honestly, because I think Joe is the bigger physical threat and I think he would have went home. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it is tough to get, you know, a group of people you want into a room and to set up an alliance because usually you're always with somebody that, you know, either isn't in the room that you want to be in the alliance or somebody's in that room, you know, that you don't want to be in the alliance. So all it takes is one person. You could be in a room and it's set up, but if there's one person you don't want there, one person that's not in there, you know, kind of screws you all up. So kind of similar with all, there's a lot going on with Taylor and like on the internet and in the house, yeah. it was it also clear in the house that there was like kind of a divide between Taylor and the other girls? So yes, absolutely. That was the one for yeah. whatever reason. And I truly think, you know how it started and I didn't even really get to explain this. It started with little things of like, you know, Taylor just being like, hey, like, like to somebody like clean your dishes or like, like shut the fridge, which mm -hmm. isn't bad. There's nothing wrong with that. But just when you're in the house and you're trying to like look for an excuse to put somebody up, it's like little comments like that, that, you know, especially I tried to use to my advantage in the sense where like, I think early on, she said something to Turner about like not washing your dish, which to get mad over is so dumb. But I tried to play into that and be like, dude, can you believe that she did that? Which nobody cares. Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm a, I'm a clean person. I like to live in a clean house. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be like, dude, wash your dish. But I knew the game. I knew you couldn't, you know, like I was cooking in the house cleaning because you want to stay on everybody's good side. So honestly, the whole Taylor thing started because of that. And, you know, not that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the fact that she just speaks her mind, which is fine. You know, it's just in that game, you don't want to give anybody a reason, you know, to put a, a target on your back. And she happened to do that, unfortunately, early on. Mm -hmm. And I knew she was such a strong competitor that, you know, it didn't bother me at all. But I, I would be the one that was like, dude, can you believe it? Can you believe she did that? Which, you know, is 
it's a game, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's a game. We weren't personally attacking Taylor. We still, I would still hang out with Taylor, you know, it's, it's just game. And I know it's hard to understand. And the biggest thing I'm seeing on Twitter is I'm getting eaten alive because, you know, on my IG lives and Twitter, I'm like, you guys don't see everything 24 seven. And then people like, Oh, the lot 24 seven lives. And I'm like, dude, are you guys, are you kidding me? They, they want to show you what they want you to see. You know, there's other conversations going in the house. Like me and Turner from day one, we're up till like four or five in the morning. We had a final two. We're talking a bunch of strategy in the game. And none of that was either talked about on the feeds or, um, you know, in the uh, episodes. And I'm fine with that. It doesn't matter. But it just shows how much you truly don't see. Like all the veto ceremonies, they make you do that stuff like five, ten times, you know, where they make you recite the lines. It has to come out perfectly. So it's so much more, I guess, acting in a way, way more than you would think, you know, but I truly love Taylor. I know there's a lot going on with it, I think. And it's crazy because, you know, in the episode I was watching to the, the final, whatever, six or seven before tonight's episode, if Taylor knew she had my ass, you know, and she's talking shit and like knowing that I'm going home and having no idea, but that doesn't get me mad. You know, it's the game, you know, it's the game. So I, I totally get it. And, you know, it's unfortunate that everybody's seen it that way. But yes, for whatever reason, there was a, a divide between the girls and Taylor. And I tried to use that to my advantage 100%. And one of the big things about it, it I think initially started with um, Alyssa. Alyssa is madly in love with Kyle. Madly in love. Just madly in love. You know, which I think is hysterical. You know, because Kyle's like the sweetest, most innocent kid. Um so anytime Taylor would go near Kyle, they would have conversations. I'd watch Alyssa get so mad. And, you know, I'm not making fun of it. I just think it's hysterical, you know, and it was something where even I saw that, that's a reason why I put myself up as a pawn. I was like, these girls are, you know, you worrying about personal feelings and personal relationships so much. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they're, they're going to make a mistake and vote Taylor out just because Taylor's hanging ar around a boy, you know, that, you know, Alyssa likes. And I truly thought that was going to be the case. And I underestimated their gameplay because I thought they were using more personal feelings than gameplay. Mm -hmm. It seemed like they would take it more personal against her and vote her out because they were talking about for so long. They're still mm -hmm. talking about it. I know. It's funny because they made it seem like on the show that it was a lot of like Paloma did this, like Paloma started the whole thing. But you really just don't know. Like, no, you don't. Really it... the feeds, like you don't know. That's what I'm saying. Paloma and, you know, I've talked to Paloma. I've reached out. We've texted back and forth. I hope to read, you know, a lot of things are going on with Paloma. I hope we have a phone call soon, um, you know, because she's like a little sister to me. And the backlash she's getting, she does not deserve it. You know, not, it was not solely on her, you know, the people targeting Taylor, you know, did Paloma try and maybe start the, you know, the get Taylor out train? Maybe, you know, but even I'm in the house and I don't know everything. Like I was seeing stuff with the Taylor Paloma situation I didn't even know that was going on because I was the backstage boss. So I was kind of trying to chill that first week, just be the class clown, you know, play the personal game. And, you know, I was just like, Hey, whatever. I mean, if this is happening and, you know, I, I know Taylor's a threat. If y'all are trying to get Taylor out, like I'm good with it. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, I thought she'd be dangerous in the game, especially once I formed the all guys Alliance, mm -hmm. I, I tried to, you know, pick out the woman in my head that I thought would be the strongest and, you know, try and, and would finally realize that the All Guys Alliance was going on. And I thought that would be Amira, which it was because Amira really started the train of Pooch going home. And, you know, it's crazy because I know it looks like she's probably going home Thursday. And that's my girl. You know, like she's, she's like my big cuz is what we were calling her in the house. Um, 
But I truly had Amira's back. And I told her that before, you know, it was like two minutes before we did the voting for my eviction. And I looked at Amira in the eye. <laughs> and it's so funny to look back at now. I like, I shook her hands like, Amira, you know, I got you. I was like, Yo, you're safe next week. I was like, there's other targets I want out. I was like, I think we're both intelligent. You know, we're both playing the game. I was like, Amira, I got you. And all she would say to me, I knew I was screwed. She goes, I know, Pooch. I know, Pooch. And I'm like, no. I said, like, you don't. You know, you don't. Uh, um, but Amira, Nicole, and Taylor, I thought were the three females that, you know, if they were going to start the coming after the guys. And I thought because the girls at first were so clicky in a sense, I figured that those three girls would be the ones that'd be like, hey, guys, like, we got to get it together. These guys are starting to, you know, form, get closer bonds. And that's kind of what happened, especially with Amira. Um, so it, it's a shame that, you know, I didn't, wasn't able to, you know, get her first and get her on my side. But, you know, she did what I was planning to do to the girl. So she made a smart move. Yeah. Well, you kind of touched up, you kind of touched on this a little bit. I just want to mm -hmm. see if there's anything else, but we, there's a lot of things, like you said, that we don't see, like they don't showcase. We want to know if there's anything specifically that you haven't mentioned that you wish that they had really showed. Like we know, like you mentioned with Turner, how close you are. And now he's, like when he was became HOH, we, we were all kind of like, we didn't even know that they were even friends in the house. Like they just yeah. made it seem like you and Joseph. Is there anything specifically that you wish that they had really shown besides kind of what you've mentioned? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the whole me Turner's relationship, like everybody sees everything with me and Joseph because it's comical, it's funny. But me and Turner probably have one of the most closest relationships in the house. Where like, it's very hard from day one to know that, you know, you have that one person who's not going to screw you, you know, because everybody's going to have to screw each other from, you know, some point in the game, like even Kyle, I love Kyle, but if I knew I couldn't beat Kyle in the final two, you know, so I wouldn't have screwed him early, but at some point I knew it would have been done, you know, because he's such a good guy and I have a bigger personality where I don't think I could have beat Kyle, but me and Turner, you know, I was more of the outgoing, you know, class clown, Turner was the behind the scenes, like low key, funny, and, you know, we both talked a lot of game and it was something where, you know, me and Kyle, or, oh, excuse me, me and Turner are going to be best friends for a while. And we thought it was hysterical because, you know, I'm from Staten Island, New York. I'm more clean cut, no tattoos. And then you see Turner, long hair, dyed hair, does his fingernails, you know, tattoos, which not, neither is right or wrong. We're just so different that, you know, it's amazing that we're going to be such good friends because we both would talk about it and we were like, dude. You know, when you walk into the backyard on night one, you kind of, you look at everybody like anything else in life, you know, and you kind of, I am down and you're going to say, Hey, I could work with this person or I can't from first impressions. And we both talked about it where in both our minds, we looked at each other and we were like, okay, that guy probably going to be on my bad side. Like we're probably not going to work well together. So the fact that, you know, me and Turner, you know, I wish there was more of us and that's, what's crazy. I'm so happy that he won HOH because that is my boy, man. And I'm just mad because him winning HOH this week, you guys finally would have saw, and you guys did a little bit him trying to avenge my eviction. I uh, kind of saw how close we were. And I'm, I'm upset that it happened a week too late, but uh, some other things is me. So me, Daniel and um, Turner set up a final three, which was one of like, the, I think on like night one, one of the first, you know, uh, alliances. Cause I went up to Daniel's room. I was like, Hey dude, I was like, you're HOH. I'm backstage boss. I was like, that's the reasons people are going to come for us. Like, we got to have each other's back, you know? And it's something where they're going to use that as an excuse to come after us. And then Turner happened to walk in the room at the same exact time. And Turner was already my boy. And I was like, yo, let's solidify this. 
I was like, I'm the Staten Island Italian Guido, you know, Daniel, you're the guy from Vegas, you know, the Metro from Vegas, um, a Turner, man, you're just a, basically like a hippie who doesn't shower. I was like, nobody's going to see us three working together, you know? And it was something where, unfortunately, I think Daniel got closer with Nicole and some other people. And, you know, he wasn't truly aligned with that alliance, but I think that would have worked very well. And I, I think me, Daniel's a great kid. I think we'll be boys after the house, but you know, I wish he had my back a little bit more than he did. So the no showering thing was true. Okay. I will explain Turner's showering routine to you guys. So it's one day on, one day off. So it's shower one day, no shower the next. And, you know, I just, I'm a shower every day guy, sometimes twice a day. You Mm -hmm. know, this hair, it needs to be showered, you know, and Turner's is even longer. So I saw Turner's HOH basket. I saw they gave him a lot of soap and now (laughs) he has the HOH shower, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I hope it's put to good use, but it was something where like, even if he would shower, he's so like, doesn't wear socks, like walks around the house, the backyard. And Turner's like maybe five, eight, five, nine. And he has the biggest friggin' feet I have ever seen. <laughs> like for a five, eight, five, nine, like I got like regular guy feet. I got a size 10. Turner has like a size 13 to 13 and a half. So it's like this little man walking around with clown shoes on, you know, <laughs> and then he's not wearing shoes. So they just look like it's like a cyclops. It's hysterical, man. But yes, Turner, Turner needs to get Michelle. I love him, you know, and he doesn't smell, but you know, it's a funny story real quick about Turner just explains Turner. So, you know, every, for whatever reason, we weren't able to go outside, obviously the backyard shut only open one day a week. So your lips get very dry, you know, just from being in the house and they keep the house at like 60 degrees for the camera. So it's freezing. Um, so, you know, everybody has chapstick. So Turner lost his, of course. And he's like, yo, Pooch, can I borrow a little bit of chapstick? So I'm like, yeah, cool. I had the CarMax that you could kind of squirt on somebody's hand. So he squirts on his hand, puts on his lips, and there must have been too much because he wiped it and then wipes it on his bed. I'm like, there's no way you just did that and, and wiped the leftover um, uh, CarMax on your friggin' bed. I was like, dude, I love you, but you are disgusting. <laughs> that it's is terrible. so funny. We actually, like the more, I've always, all of us, me and Kara and all of our siblings are like huge super fans. We always dreamed about going on Big Brother. But like, I always say that the older I'm getting, the more I have like so many pet peeves. I don't know if I'd be able to live with like 16 people. So we were kind of wondering like, not that you have to call them out, but like, who's like the best person to live with? Like something great that you love that they did. And then someone that was kind of like, I could, I could live without that. Yep. So it, you know, and a big thing you, you see is depends who's on the block and who's not. Like once you're on that block, there's some people that wouldn't do dishes that next thing you know, they're in they're freaking Betty Crocker baking cookies. They're, you know, now they're a top chef or they're cleaning every two seconds. Um, but I'm trying to think the biggest, um, you know, Terrence didn't do much around the house. I love sweet tea. That's my boy. Uh, but he kind of just chilled, you know, it's something where, cause the, the sink would pile up and it's a big sink and everybody just throws their shit in the sink. And you know what? And then everybody be like, Hey guys, we got to do dishes or this and that. And, I would never say it because it hurts your gameplay, but I wanted to be like, hey, guys, you know how you make sure there's nothing in the sink? After you eat, everybody walks over and watches their own plate. You know what I mean? It's something where I like doing shit for myself. I don't like when people are cleaning after me. You know, like I think I'm a I'm an I'm an adult. You know, I can wash my own dish. No problem. So I love living with Nicole because Nicole cooks very well. Mm-hmm. But uh, somebody that I personally can't. And I love Indy to death, you know, my fake showman. 
um, Indy because she's very like, okay, we're having this tonight for dinner or, you know, we're doing this, this. And it's like, what if I don't want to have that? You know, what if I want to have my own thing? Um, but, you know, it was good in the sense that she took charge. But I know like, like Monty was getting so mad because she was like, Monty, like, uh, uh, you know, cut this onion, do this, do that. And Monty came to me, he walked out of the storage room one day and I had to calm him down. And he was like, dude, he was like, I'm a grown ass man. He was like, I don't mind helping. But he was like, I do not like when somebody, you know, is going to point at me and be like, you do this. Like, I'll help. I'll do this, do that. But um, so, yeah, that you know, there's some people with bigger personalities and it either helps or hurts you, you know. But definitely, I realized early on, you kind of just got to play your part. And if everybody does a little at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it works, you know, because you can't call people out, um, you know, because it's just going to hurt your game. And it's like, what are you going to call somebody out for not doing the dishes? Which I think, you know, it's starting to hurt some people early on. And will continue to at some point you know it's funny because you kind of see in the last episode people getting a little annoyed at Indy and mm -hmm. it's you don't think about how it could be something personal like that where she's like bossing you around like you think it's like all gameplay but it's kind of yeah. funny hearing firsthand yeah absolutely like the one thing with Indy like her biggest thing was just her being you know and it's just because she's outspoken there's nothing wrong with being outspoken you know it just makes you stand out a little bit more and it was something where it's just like oh like She'd be like, what do we have for dinner tonight? Or but like, it was one night, I think I was a have not. And she like, she was like, pooch, especially with the Italian, you know, background. She was like, you making pasta tonight? I was like, make pasta tonight. I was like, you want me to cook for 16 people and I can't eat? I was like, I know I'm on the block, but I was like, your boy has no energy. I was like, I'm sleeping on the floor, you know, for night four or five. I'm taking cold showers. And I was like, you want me to cook pasta for 16 people? I was like, Indy, I love you, but it's not tonight, sweetheart. I was like, I can't do it. You know, I can't do it. So it's pretty funny. So what did slop taste like? So it's just, it basically what it is, it's like a mixture of dry oatmeal, but you know, you have to like mix some other things into it and they give you a whole recipe and they have things that are allowed in it and that aren't allowed in it. So you kind of mix it and, you know, mix and match to make like the best version of slop. Like I made a buffalo slop, you make like a, a sweet uh, uh, slop with, you know, some honey and some, you know, cinnamon and stuff, but the best way to actually do it is to type to kind of like deep fry it. So you put it in like you put some oil in it, you deep fry, you try and get it like nice and crunchy. But I mean, they make sure it doesn't taste good. I promise you. Like they they let you add some stuff, but it's something where you know I have such a sweet tooth too. Where you know I love snack, I love cookie dough, I love cookies, I love ice cream. Um, so it was something where I was like, what could I have? You know that I'm allowed that'll taste like candy. So I don't know if y'all saw it, but they were killing me over Twitter. I probably had anywhere from seven to 10 Tums a day. Tums, like the thing that's supposed to make your, your stomach feel better. Just because, you know, they tasted, like, you know, a little bit like candy. But I'm telling you, it hurt my stomach so bad. I probably had about 10 to 12 Tums and then uh, cough drops you were allowed to have. So that, and I'd have like seven, eight cough drops a day. By the end of the day, my stomach was an absolute mess, man. It felt like all the lining in my stomach was just all crossed up. Uh, but, you know, having a, uh, being a have not, which is, something I volunteered for. I volunteered to be on the block. I volunteered to be a have not thinking it would buy me some good grace. Um, and I realized I will not be uh, volunteering for anything in a very long time. You know, I'm going to make sure I'm picked from now on. So the mm -hmm. boy pooch is done volunteering. He's waiting to get picked. <laughs> so which float was the most comfortable to sleep on? You know, I'm, I, so I was in there with Terrence, uh, mm -hmm. which, you know, he has, sleep uh insomnia whatever so he has his snoring it's oh, no. absolutely <laughs> awful oh awful. no it was something where 
because I wanted to volunteer to be a have not, but you knew, I I also knew I was going to put myself on the block that week. So it was like, I didn't want to, you know, I I want, I didn't want to give people a reason and be like, Hey, he said he was going to volunteer and didn't. But once Terrence volunteered, I was like, Oh my God. I was like, no, I was like, no. Cause I also slept in the same regular room downstairs with Terrence and he, Terrence is a great guy, but his snoring, I mean, it's literally Snorlax. It's like it's <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. And my dad and grandpa do it. So I was kind of used to it, but it never gets better. You know? So I was with Terrence, Daniel and Nicole. And, you know, we had a lot of laughs together and a lot of fun, but out of all those people, I was the youngest guy. So I was like, okay, you guys could take the good floats, the decent ones. And, you know, I would start on the float, then the float would sink, the air would come out of it. Then I would wake up in the middle of the night, you know, laying on the floor, my back would be hurting, you know, and it was basically, once you woke up, you could not fall back asleep, you know, because you were so uncomfortable. So once I woke up, I would just, you know, finally walk outside and it's so dark in that room where, you know, you are literally blinded once you walk out and because they have the stage lights all up top. Um, so you walk out and, you know, I would basically, you know, trip on myself, hit my head on shit walking downstairs because I couldn't see anything. Um, but I would finally, there was one clock in the house. The only clock is on the microwave of the entire house. So unless you can see the microwave, you have no idea. So I would check the microwave and I would hope it was around, you know, seven, eight o'clock and not like four or five in the morning. Cause I was like, you know, once I'm up, I'm up. Okay. We also have a few questions about Jasmine that yep. like, what we're watching, we're like, is her accent really that strong? And yep. yes. I know. So I, I know oh. where this is going. I'm trying to okay. decide how I want to answer it. Wait, is she milking the sprained ankle? So no. So, okay. The one thing I can a hundred percent go on Jasmine's side, the sprained ankle was bad, like bad, bad. Like that thing is black and blue. I don't know how she sprained it that bad, just jumping <laughs> off of her thing, but the ankle is bad. It was something that kind of pissed me off in a way. Like there's no bad feelings. You know, so I watch episodes, some things get you mad for a second. And then after that, you know, it's a game where, mm-hmm. you know, I got being in an athletic football background, I broke my leg twice. I got ACL surgery. I got surgery on both my calves. So I kind of know what it's like to have a semi bad, you know, leg in, uh, injury because you can't move around and you really do need help getting around. Um, you know, so I was helping her out in the sense of that because I was like, hey, I know how bad this sucks. You know, and then as I'm helping her out and helping her bring her scooter around, she's upstairs in the um, HOH room just shitting on me, you know, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, come on. Like there was one time where she was in the HOH and I came up and, you know, if it was my HOH room, you don't got to ring the doorbell. You could come in whatever. Like I thought that was BS. The whole thing of Jasmine wanting the doorbell rang. It's like, yeah, we're all family. I love all y'all. Like if I'm talking game and you come in and I just don't want to talk about game, I'll stop for a second. You know, we're a big family. So her big thing was ring the doorbell before you come in. And that's just, that's not how I was raised. You know, big family, you know, all doors open, you know, something where, you know, if you're going to be sneaky, either do it to my face or if you're going to bitch, you know, bitch to me, I'm, I'm cool with it. So there was one clip that frustrated me that, because I walked in, I was trying to talk to Jasmine. Um, I think it was after maybe the veto ceremony, you know, just checking in with Jasmine and maybe Amira. And I ring the doorbell and Monty and Terrence are sitting by the pool table and they're like, dude, just go in. And I was like, no, dude. I was like, they, it's like girls in there. I was like, they could be getting changed. They could be sleeping. Like I'm in a way an innocent person where I was like, I really don't want to bother people, you know? And it's something where I saw them and they're like, oh, it's fucking pooch. Like, oh my God, like we're not going to answer. We're not going to answer. And like, I think that's BS. Like if you want to go after me and vote me out that week, I'm cool with that. But that was something I saw. Like Jasmine, if you're going to be cool to my face, like be cool to my face, you know, but if you're going to shit on me too, like shit on me to my face. 
Um, but the whole um, uh, accent, Jasmine's accent, uh, it's definitely there a little bit, but a little bit more at times. You know, it's when she's doing the ceremonies or she knows she's definitely on TV in the DR in, you know, if she's reading something for a ceremony, the accent goes from about, you know, like an eight to a 12, 13 for okay. sure. Um, you know, and if that's her thing, you know, that doesn't bother me. I know I have a strong accent too, uh, but she definitely played it up a little bit, but and she's still also a Southern belle. She does come out with some phrases that, you know, are truly genuine. She'll say some things, you know, that it's just her being her. But uh, I saw that on Twitter, people were talking about it. It's definitely played up a little bit for sure. When Kyle and Daniel hosted competitions, were, are you told to like be so extra? Yes. Yeah, so listen, so they put, a, you, they give you an earpiece and oh. like, this is something that's new too, or that I didn't know. They have to say that like Kyle, when he did the, with the pool floaty, he probably read that script about eight to 12 times. So we all sit there and it's not like, oh, you do it one time and whatever happens, happens. If they don't like something you did or they want to change something or get something more clear, they're talking to Kyle in his ear and they have him going and going and going and you know, if you're not giving enough energy, there'll be like more energy. And they're like, hey, do this, do that. So they definitely coach you through it. And that that part of it, the hosting competitions, definitely, uh, you know, not fixed, but definitely a little bit more acted out for sure. <clears throat> Which is interesting because I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's so interesting. I never would have thought that at all. Yeah, like me, like my hosted competition, especially being like one of the class clowns of the house, like. I knew they would have wanted me to go so above and beyond. And I'm like, I feel like I'm more natural funny in the sense where I just do kind of dumb stuff, you know, and I just like to have everybody be fun, but I'm not good, like scripted. Like I'm not a good actor, you know, by no, like not by any means. I, you know, I can't hide my emotions when I'm pissed, I'm pissed when I'm happy, I'm happy, you know? So, you know, if I had to host a competition and people would have wanted a lot of energy, naturally have a lot of energy, but that would have been something I think I would have struggled with a little bit because I like to kind of go off the cuff and do my own thing. Like I'm not good reading a script, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of competitions, is there, as a fan, is there a competition you were kind of like looking forward to playing coming into the house that you like wish you had gotten to play? I feel like the ones we saw were like pretty different than a lot of the ones that we've seen over the years. Yeah, for sure. So you definitely go in and being a big fan, like I know the staple competitions, you know, that you expect going in. And I was really hoping to get the wall, you know, anything endurance, you know, because it's something with the, uh, you know, the maybe the athletic background, the coaching background. It's like until I can't feel my body, like I'm going to stand on that friggin' thing, you know, and just either mentally or physically, I feel like I could outlast a lot of people, you know, I just think for whatever reason, mentally, being mentally tough is one of my strong suits, you know, and that was a reason I went on the block, because I was like, other people won't put themselves up as a pawn, because they'll start freaking out right away, I was like, I can put myself up as a pawn, because I know, you know, I'll chill out for a little bit, you know, and if I see things not going my way, yes, I might get a little worried, but at least the first four or five days, I was like, I know your boy's gonna be cool, um, so anything endurance, you know, I would have loved to do, um, I was mad, you know, I didn't get to play in a ton of competitions, obviously only being in there two weeks, being the backstage boss, I missed all the options of competitions uh, week one, and then played in a few week two, but it was tough because you definitely get a little bit of like, uh, you know, uh, performance anxiety, you know, as soon as you don't win the first one, you're like, damn, now I got to win the second one, you know, if you don't win the second one, you're like, like, damn, by that point, I knew I was screwed, but it, it was something where even going into the mermaid challenge, 
uh, which was a lot tougher than it looked like. And it just, that challenge got me so frustrated because I got the most balls back and forth down. I got like seven or eight balls down because just being happened to be one of the most physically fit in that challenge. I was moving great, but the issue was I was moving so fast that I kept getting the little beads in front of the, the holes that you would just shoot the balls in. And I wasn't thinking about blocking them. You know, I just was trying to get it as fast as I can. So uh, the mermaid challenge, I would never forget, you know, not in a good way, in a bad way, but that was what I wanted bad. You know, I wanted to make sure I was safe in the week and, you know, athletically it was there, but my, you know, my plan just wasn't, unfortunately. Do you think Michael's hurting himself winning so many vetoes? Yeah, I think, you know, a little bit. And looking back at it now, I thought worst case scenario would have been if Taylor won. But honestly, Michael could have gave that to Taylor. You know, if Taylor won, or Taylor won, she would have taken herself off the block. And then I probably would have been sitting next to Mani or Joseph, which are bigger physical threats to me. And, you know, I probably would have been safe. And it's crazy to think about that because it would have hurt my long game. And I love both of them, but I want to be in that house, you know? And it was something where in the moment, you don't even realize because, after the veto, yes, I was pissed that I didn't win it, but I was like, oh my God, thank God Taylor didn't. And, you know, and Taylor winning at that point probably would have been one of the better things for my game, you know? And then one of my guys leaving, the biggest thing, and I spoke about it a lot in the DR, and I don't even think they showed it, is I said, because they, they wanted to play the whole I felt comfortable as a pawn. And yes, I saw they did, but at the same time, I'd say, hey, I feel comfortable, but if the girls aren't able to rally together and vote my ass out, I was like, it's a mistake. I was like, and they should see it's a mistake because they can vote me out. They could use Taylor, bring Taylor on their side. And I was like, they could gain a number and vote me out. And I was like, now instead of being one number on top of the boys, there'll be two, you know? So it was something where they wanted, and they TV wanted me to play the whole, hey, I'm safe, I'm a pawn, you know? And I did feel good because I thought the girls really want to tailor out so much. But knowing the game, I said, hey, in my mind, always thinking game, I was like, if they vote me out and don't use Taylor to their advantage, it's a mistake, you know? So if it did happen that Taylor won the veto and they put up Joseph or Monty, Monty against me and one of them went home, I probably would have started working with Taylor because I knew I needed a number, you know? So I would have tried to rally the guys again and say, hey, Taylor, come with us. And it was kind of like the, uh, the leftovers, the new alliance that formed, I think, you know, that was something that I definitely was trying to work to at some point. And I think if I was in there one more week, I definitely would have been part of that. Do you think you underestimated everyone in the house and that's why you felt comfortable in the beginning going up as a pawn? Or like, I don't want to say like, what would you change? Because I'm assuming you wouldn't volunteer yourself again. <laughs> yeah, but sure. like, do you think that's why you felt so comfortable, at least in the beginning? Because obviously there's always that chance that you're that you could go home, but it For seems sure. like you felt decently comfortable with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, and it, it messed with my head and I almost wish I didn't know, but once I found out that like more than 10 of them were recruits, which means people reach out to them about applying to the show. I was like, I was like, these, I was like, these people probably don't even know the show. Like if, if you volunteer as a porn right away, you know, watching the show, you should say, how dumb can he be? But I didn't even think they would think that because they, I didn't think a lot of them watched the show. You know, I knew a lot of them once they were going through the process, they started watching, but I was like, I was like, me volunteering as a pawn, the first thing that goes through their head isn't going to be, hey, why would he do that? Because I was like, I don't think they watch the show as much as me. So mm -hmm. I was like, this is the safest week to do it because I think the girls really don't like Taylor personally for whatever reason. You know, so I was like, I think that personal agenda will get in the way. And then I was like, I, don't, I didn't think they watched the show as much as me. So, yeah, that was a big reason that I thought I felt safe because I was like, these aren't true, true fans, you know, which obviously a lot of them were because 
they were able to put their differences to the side and they were able, you know, getting me out. And that's the one thing that I take, you know, with pride is watching the episode. They were like, Hey, he's a threat, you know? And I think I would have been, you know, and I take pride in that. And it was something where I saw clips of Nicole and Amira being like, yo, he's the head of the snake of the guys. Like they were like, he's a guy's guy. He's a bro's bro, which means I, it doesn't mean I don't like women. Trust me. I, I love women probably more than others, you know, but it's something where, I just clicked very much with the guys and being in a, uh, you know, a locker room atmosphere with football and coaching, it's something where, and knowing I went to Farrell, being in an all boys high school, it was something, there's nothing I love more than just BSing with guys, you know, in the sense of where you're cracking jokes, you know, like you can't hurt anybody's feelings, you know, cause it's guys for whatever reason, you know, it's something where you could just mess around a little bit more. And that's why like the stuff I did with Joseph, like, do you think, yes, I absolutely would have loved to cuddle up next to a girl, but it's something where, you know, you don't want to do anything without consent and you don't want to do anything to make anybody feel uncomfortable. And me and Joseph are like brothers. So the easiest thing for me to do is cuddle up next to Joseph, you know, because especially in today's day and age of no means no, which is right, you know, and having consent, it's something where, you know, I'm not going to lay down next to somebody where I didn't know a lot of these girls had relationships outside the house, you know, a lot of them were married. So the easiest thing for me to do is just chill with my boy. You know, it's something where hanging out with the guys, you don't got to worry about hurting feelings as much. And I think that's why, you know, maybe it hurt me because I should have got a little bit closer with the girls. But I mean, that's just who I am at, at, at my heart, you know. What was your family's and friends' reaction to you volunteering? To be a yeah, dude. So, and I knew coming from a bigger family and it's like everybody, you guys know, being from Staten Island, New York, like everybody gets on you so fast, you know, and it's, Honestly, my fan Twitter has been the one that, that has been killing me, you know, absolutely roasting me. And it was something where my family wasn't even that bad because, you know, they were just so happy for me. Mm-hmm. But the thing that upsets me is not upsets me, but, you know, it hurts me a little bit is I am I am such a fan of the show. It's not like I didn't know it was a bad move. Did I think it would work out? It was more that I knew it was a big move if I worked, if it worked out, you know, was the risk worth the, the reward? Probably not. You know, but I knew if I could go into week two and be like, yo, I really got past these friggin' idiots, which obviously they're not idiots. But I, I thought that could have been something that was like, you know, once I got down to the final two, I could have been like, yo, you guys had the chance. I gave you guys the opportunity to vote my vote me out. I put my own ass on the block and I was like, you guys missed the opportunity. And I was like, I knew there was a chance it would happen. So and one of the things that kills me, my favorite Big Brother alumni is uh, Dr. Will and Chilltown from, uh, you know, one of the greatest players to ever play on season two and seven. And one of his big routines was he'd be like, yo, I'm not scared to go on the block. Like, if you want to put me on the block, put me on the block. But at the end of the day, he never was like, yo, I will go on the block. I was like, hey, please put me on the block. He would say it, but he played more of the thing, like more of the, the you know, the style of, yo, I'm a doctor. Like, I don't need this. I have money. I have a life. Like, he was like, you guys can send me home and I'll be fine. And I think he used that more as a mental gameplay. And, you know, it was him being fearless, yes, but he also was smart enough to say, hey, I'm actually, like, I don't put me on the block, you know, at the same time. So it was something where I was trying to use that gameplay of being fearless, but I just, I overstepped it just a little bit too much, you know? That's so funny. Yeah, it's crazy. Funny looking like watching back like those seasons back with Dr. Will it is like a lot of reverse psychology and he's also kind of like I'm the villain like if you're sitting next to me in the end I'm not gonna win you know like, exactly and that was something where I truly thought unless my gameplay was so great if I was sitting there in the final two 
it, I, I wouldn't have won, you know, if I tried to play the whole nice guy routine, you know, against Kyle, against, you know, um, uh, Turner, it would have been very tough. So I knew my game had to be amazing because it's either, you know, it's either I'm making you laugh or I'm pissing you off because I'm talking too much. You know, it's, there's no in between. And I think, I hope it was more of the, you know, making people laugh because it's not something I just try to do to do, which is naturally who I am. But I truly thought, you know, if people, if, a smart decision was getting me to the final, you know, two, three, you know, two, three. And then, you know, bringing me would have been smart because guys like Monty, who were just super nice guys, guys like Kyle, you know, it's easy for them to win. And people would have been like, dude, I'm not going to give this asshole pooch $750,000 because I can only imagine what he would even do with it, you know? Um, so from that standpoint, I think people, you know, would have been a little bit smarter to bring me a little bit longer down mm -hmm. the road, you know? And it seems like in previous seasons, like the juries have been bitter and stuff, or when people get evicted, they seem bitter about it, but you don't seem bitter. No, I, obviously okay. it's great for, for somebody who got voted out 12-0. And, you know, mm -hmm. I thought, because I'm going through the whole thing, which is hysterical, is that was final like two days, because you have nothing to write down on and do anything. So you do the whole votes on your hand, which mm -hmm. is a big brother staple, you know, and it's because you start to forget names. You're like, oh, did I count that person? You'll be like, okay, Turner, Joe, Turner. And you're like, oh shit, I said Turner. Then you got to restart. So the whole counting on the hands, I think is hysterical. Um, but it was something where I thought I had a legit four or five. Like I thought I had Turner and Joseph for sure. You know, I was hoping I had Kyle and Monty right there as four. I only needed six for a tie, you know, and it was something where, you know, I was hoping I had Daniel. So when, and I think it's hysterical because I speak about it. When I heard like votes 12 to zero, I was like, oh, let, I was like, your boy is clear. I was like, okay. I was like, I got to hug Taylor. I got to go get changed into my competition clothes for the H, uh, HOH competition. And mm -hmm. I was like about to start getting up, hug Taylor and run off to make sure I got changed quick enough. And I was just like, all right, let me just wait one more half second to make sure. So when Julie was like from a vote of 12 to zero, uh, pooch you're evicted I was just like you see my face I'm like kind of like smiling excited in the way and I'm just like basically <laughs> you know so it was something where you know I understand the game I get that you can't once they knew I didn't have the votes whether it was at five votes six votes I needed seven you know so as long as the people knew I was one or two short it was something where you have to vote with the house because if you don't vote with the house it gives people you don't know who's going to win the next HOH you know and if somebody that was on the right side of the house they could just say, hey, we got to figure out who voted to keep Pooch because that wasn't the plan. They tried to go against the house. So, and that's the thing too. I think people in the jury, they're going to get too personal, you know, and I love the game. The biggest thing that I miss right now be, about being home in Staten Island, I love my family. I love my friends. I'm happy to be back and back in the outside world, but I love playing the game. And I don't know if it like gave the justice that I, I wish it deserved because, you know, me putting myself up as a pawn. It's not that I'm an idiot. You know, I was just trying to make a big game play, you know, and I was trying to be like, hey, being a pawn almost never works, but look what your boy did. You know, he was able to make it work. So it was something where, you know, I'm almost like now sitting in my family room or with my friends and I almost want to start whispering and be like, yo, you want to make an alliance? Like, let's do. And they're like, yo, Pooch, will you shut up, bro? Like you're home now, buddy, relax. So it definitely is crazy. Well, at least on the bright side, you'll never be forgotten. I know. I know. It wasn't, I wasn't, you know, hoping to be remembered as Pooch the Pawn. Well, I was, I was speaking to Cody. I did Cody's podcast, uh, The Winning Circle, one of the big, you know, one of my favorite BB players ever, especially being from New Jersey and being an Italian. 
Um, and he was giving me the whole, you screwed the pooch, pooch the pawn, man. He was <laughs> killing me, but it was all in good fun. Um, but yeah, that was something I was asked to, if I would ever do the show again. And I would say, absolutely. You know, it's something where, you know, I want to redeem myself because I don't think I'm a bad player. Did I make a bad decision? Did I try, you know, be overconfident in a sense? Yes, absolutely. But even in that sense, I wasn't doing it overconfidently where I was like, oh, people love me so much. I was doing it over the confidently where I was like, you know, I wanted to help my gameplay and make sure, like I was already thinking about getting to the final two and it was week two. Like I should have just been trying to get along a little bit. And in my head, I was like, hey, how could I build my resume? It's exactly what I told Julie. I was like, I want to build my resume. So when I sit there in the final two, I could be like, hey, I did this week one, week two, week three. Um, but obviously it didn't work out that way. If you could put in a good word for us with Cody and Derek, we would love it. We we love no, them. <laughs> absolutely not, man. They were super cool. It was so Tiffany that was in the cookout from last year initially reached out to me because she works with them on the podcast and she was amazing, you know, just trying to make sure my mental health was okay, making sure I was okay as a person. I just saw Aza DM me on Instagram, like the BB alumni, and I haven't talked about it enough, more than I should. The amount of uh, BB alumni that have been shooting me texts, you know, um, uh, DMs just being like, hey, they're like, bro, you are part of the family now. Like no matter what happened, they're like, we understand, you know, they was like, the things are going to be shown of you. Uh, you know, we've all made mistakes, especially in that house. And it was like, people don't understand that they really don't see 24 seven. Like it is a television show. It, they want, you know, the, the producers want to show the fans what they want them to see, you know, and they were like, we understand that. So Derek, Cody, um, you know, Tiffany, a lot of people from uh, BB 23 last season, uh, I've been amazing. You know, and it's been awesome. It's, I hope to do more with them. I can't wait to hopefully meet them, meet them in person. But yeah, anything, I appreciate you guys doing this podcast, having me on, because I hope you guys can see, I love talking about the game, talking about the show. Uh, tonight's episode, once it airs, I'll definitely be going on Instagram Live, talking about it. And it's crazy. You know, I've had a headache for the last week and a half just from talking so much. But, you know, I love doing it. It's, it's been super fun. That's we could talk to you for hours. About no, I no, you have no idea. I literally, it's, it's something I enjoy so much and it's crazy because I got to start like getting back into my routine. It's like, I haven't been going to the gym. Um, I haven't, I've, I've been eating one or two meals a day. It's something where now, you know, I'm enjoying this a ton. You know, I love reaching out to you guys doing podcasts, talking about the game, uh, you know, reaching out to, you know, the fans, like my DMS, I usually would get two DMS a year, maybe, <laughs> maybe about, you know, ridiculous stuff. And now that like my DMs and I'm, I have people helping me out, but I'm trying to reach back out to everybody, you know, because I appreciate the love and the support. Um, but it's something where at the end of the day, I definitely have to start taking my mental health into consideration, uh, considera consideration again, because, you know, just the little things like not drinking enough water, getting enough sunlight, you know, little things. I got to get back to my daily routine, but I'm going to uh, try and keep doing as much stuff like this as I can. I'm really curious about, I know you weren't on like as long as a lot of people are, but there mm -hmm. are a lot of people that come off the show that like don't watch their season back or like don't watch any further seasons. Can you see, like you were talking about mental health, can you see like why they would do that? Because me as a fan, I'm like, I would watch the show the minute yeah. I get off, I would always watch, you know, but can so, you see how they would, might not want for, to? For sure. And I think the longer I would have been on, the less I would have wanted to watch, you know, because it would have just been so much to catch up on. And it was something where, because it was only six or seven episodes in, you know, and I love the show. So I figured, you know, it's only six or seven episodes. I love the show. And, you know, 
I'm not in the show anymore. And it's not something where I'm just trying to do this for attention. I truly love the show. You know, I love the show. And it's, it's like, you know, I, I would probably would have done this anyway, if I didn't even know the cast. But now that I personally know the cast, like, like, I miss my boy Turner, I miss my boy Joe, I miss my boy Monty, you know, I lived with them for 16 days straight, you know, which is a lot, all you do is hang out 24 seven. So when that happens, you create such a crazy bond that, you know, I miss them so much, you know, and it's, it's crazy because I'm the first one out of the house and it looks like Amira will be the next one, but even Amira, like I hope to be doing things with Amira. Like she was the person that basically started my demise. She was the person that was like, yo, Pooch is an idiot. He put himself up on the block, but it's like the things people don't see is me, Amira and Turner being the only three to hang out from like two in the morning to five in the morning, telling ridiculous stories, you know, and that was the stuff I really loved, you know, talking to people on a personal basis as much as gameplay so you know i'll definitely be messing with amira and being like look what you did now we're sitting here together you idiot but it's all out of fun love you know i can't i love the show and i could see why you know if you go out later in the year there's a lot to catch up on and you know you want to get back into your personal life but it's something where it happened a little earlier than i wanted you know but it was something where the way i went out it was kind of on my own agenda unfortunately but you know i'm just happy that it was bad gameplay, you know, absolutely. It was a mistake, but I took a shot and, you know, I don't mind taking a shot. And if I miss, I know it backfires. So, um, you know, it is what it is, but I can definitely understand why people later in the year, if they don't want to watch right away, I definitely get it. Cause I feel like I would have been in the same boat. And the only reason I'm really doing it right now is cause I love this show so much. And, you know, I just want to be a part of it. Yeah. So from the whole experience being in the house, casting everything, what was your favorite memory? man, this is crazy. And somebody, somebody asked me this yesterday in IG Live and kind of took me a second. And it's something where I loved, you know, playing the game. So anytime there was game talk, you know, it was probably that because I love playing it. But it was also just hanging out with the cast. Like there was a time, and I just, which I just spoke about where me, Amira and Turner, we called it like the late night crew. And we would stay up and tell the most outlandish stories, which Thank God. I hope they didn't show on the feeds. And I don't think they did because I, I haven't heard about them, but they were so wild. And we would just sit there, us three at three, four in the morning and absolutely crack up, you know? So obviously playing the game and also, you know, do like, even I saw a video of me and of Kyle and Amira talking last night on the feeds and they were like, yo, Pooch just, because you talk about the way you like do things to get somebody to talk game is me and Kyle's, and we would go by each other casually and tap each other on the leg. Like give a quick like tap, like on the leg, which is very quick. Mm -hmm. So I obviously must've been doing it too much for Kyle's opinion. Cause Kyle's talking to a mirror and I get when you, when I'm not there or, you know, you're talking to a mirror who's going out, you got to talk some shit. So I get, they were talking shit on me and Kyle's like, dude, Pooch was getting so annoying. He's like, he's like, I just didn't want to talk game that much. And he was like, it got to a point where Pooch would tap me and I'd stop going. And he was like, Pooch would start whistling and be like, <laughs> so it was something where it's just funny, like little things like that, hearing back now, it's like, I get it. And that's why you can't take anything personal because, you know, as much as people talk shit on me in the house, I talk just as much shit, you know, cause you're doing it for the gameplay. So I definitely get it. But, you know, the whole kind of just hanging out with everybody, I truly, you know, I loved playing the game, but at the same time, you know. I've never, I was never in a frat or sorority where I lived with 16, you know, 20 people. So 
always having somebody to go to and having a best friend, no matter what time of the day or the night or having somebody to speak to and hang out with, like, that's an amazing thing, you know, and the house gets messy and it gets crazy, but it's like, I'm a 24 year old adult, you know, I haven't had a sleepover in years, you know, so having almost like a sleepover again with all your buddies for, yeah. you know, two weeks straight is amazing. And the thing is, I know how hard it was to get on the show, you know, and it, it truly is. It is not easy. It is not. It's a lot. It was something where, especially having a job, because they're like, hey, can you do an interview at this time? That's like, yo, I have work. Like, I can't tell my boss, hey, I'm trying to, you know, do something for reality TV. So I would either have to sneak away or try and finesse the schedule. So I know how hard it is and knowing that they went through the whole thing. And then even before that, like people are talking about, you know, Paloma was only in the house for a week. Like, how could she be upset about things? They don't realize we're in a hotel sequestered for two weeks. And that means no phone, no TV, nothing. All they give you is a little DVD player. They bring you all your meals. But what I mean, you truly don't walk out of the hotel room not one time for two weeks, which is crazy. It really is crazy. Absolutely. One of our biggest questions, like yep. we've mentioned several times, we're huge fans. Us and our brothers have like almost like a little fantasy thing we do every year. Right before the season starts, the pictures and like the intro videos are released before, yep. before we meet everyone in the house. And we we draft up first to 16th who's going to win, <laughs> who's going to lose, whatever, in yep. order. We want to know from firsthand experience, who do you think has the best chance of winning this season? Yeah, so going into it, and I'm sorry, and you guys, family, uh, Fantasy League, whoever picked me, I am so sorry. <laughs> you know, it just, I, you, hopefully you guys, mine, my final I, 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 am, I know, I know, it's something where, you know, it just, I went, a little, went in a little too hot, a little too heavy, I should have toned it down a little bit, but you know, it happens. Um, but I truly think, and this isn't just me, because if I was a fan, or from my own personal relationships, there's people I want to see win for sure. Um, but right now, talking about strictly gameplay, I think Kyle is in the, in the best position, you know, because Kyle's in with the guys. The guys absolutely love him. Like, he's, he's a bro, you know. But at the same time, Alyssa is so madly in love that he's able to get information from all sides of the house because of all of his relationships. So I do think Kyle's in a great spot. I think if people let Kyle get to the end, it's dumb, you know, because he's going to win a vote. You know, I would have voted for him in the jury. He's such a good guy, you know. Um, but I think Kyle's in a good spot. I think Turner is going to get screwed. I think Joseph's playing a really good game now. And I see people talking about it. The best thing for Joseph's game, I think, was having me leave, you know, because it was something where I truly think he would have kept listening to me and let me kind of be the leader in the situation. But it was something where I think me leaving helped Joseph out because he realized, okay, holy shit, the game actually happens. Like my boy just got blindsided. I tried to do everything I could to help him. Um, and it didn't work out. Uh, the girls, I think they were in a really good spot and they needed to win this HOH. You know, if, if Turner didn't win it and Amira or one of the girls won it, I think they would have been in a great spot. Um, I think Nicole and Daniel, uh, I think they're doing too much where they have a foot, you know, in, in too many pockets right now. It's going to come back to bite them. Um, I'm trying Monty. I think Monty is low key in a great spot too, because everybody loves him. I think at some point, somebody's going to take the shot because he's a big target. Uh, but I think, Mon Mon I think Monty and Kyle are in a great spot right now, for sure. I hate to say that Kyle and Monty are my final two in my predictions. I have Kyle winning Monty second and Taylor third. So no. And I, that's why Taylor too, I, you know, 
I hope, because obviously you keep seeing it, Taylor's name just out there. And once you get on the block a few times, you keep getting put because you're an easy decision, you know? So, and I said it, Taylor, it's like she has nine lives, you know? And I knew whether they kept Taylor or they kept me, we were going to mess up somebody's game, you know, either me or Taylor. And I think that's exactly what Taylor's doing. And it's something where I hope she's able to go very far because I like, and I say it because everybody's calling Taylor an underdog. She's not an underdog. She's a beast. You know, she's a strong competitor. And that's why she got, you know, picked out from day one because everybody was like, yo, she's badass. And I'm, people say, oh, that's not an excuse for the way she was treated. And it was, you know, she was isolated in the sense because people were going after her. We still hung out with her and we love Taylor. Um, but yeah, I hope Taylor goes far in the game. It's going to be super exciting to see. I had, I have Michael and you and Paloma in my final three. So my final three is not looking great. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry. You know what? And it's Michael. I think he's playing a very good game because he's a super fan. And I, you kind of knew it from a sense, but you also, once you're in the house, you're, you don't like to talk about past seasons a lot. Cause if people talk about past seasons, you're like, Oh, they know the game, you know? And it was something where me and Michael did it a little bit to each other. Cause I think we both knew we knew the game, but it's like, I could tell because my two favorite seasons are season two and season seven. But when I would bring up season two and season seven, people's eyes would go like this. Cause they're like, you know how he watches season two and seven, like, it, and it probably hurt me, you know? So being quiet and not mentioning things sometimes definitely helps. But, you know, I think Michael is going to be a very good player in this game. Him winning so many competitions, I think hurts, but at the same time, if he keeps winning, you know, then it's going to help him. So. Fingers crossed. <laughs> sure. For sure. Sorry, I screwed you a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully the podcast makes up for it. I it hope. Right. Appreciate it. <laughs> if you could go on another reality TV show, what would what show would you want to go on? Yeah, so I would, and I keep seeing this. And so there's one that I love. I love the challenge when it was on MTV. I haven't watched it yet on CBS, which I definitely will tune into. Um, but like I met Johnny Bananas, if you guys know who that is yeah. from MTV out and he was awesome. He was awesome. I'll never yeah. forget. We took a picture. I'll probably post it one day. And he was like, yo, I, I did not think I'd walk into this bar tonight and somebody would have better hair than me. And he <laughs> said that to me, my heart dropped, you know, he was awesome. Uh, but him, CT, I love that those challenges are so physically demanding, you know, cause I think that's my game. You know, the big brother competitions or challenges are more like strategy with a little bit of endurance. And I think the challenge is more, you know, especially if I started training for it, uh, you know, more of my suit. So if I was able to do that for CBS or MTV, that would be amazing. Uh, but I keep seeing, uh, you know, little clips or tweets about me and Joe doing the amazing race together. And I'm telling you, that would be prime time TV because we would get lost in different countries. You know, we would be, we probably have no idea what would be going on, which, but it would be hysterical at the same time. I used to watch Amazing Race when I was younger. Uh, you know, definitely not a super fan, but I think me and Joe going on Amazing Race would be absolutely hysterical. That would be so cool. We would love to see you on any show. We're watching the challenge right now, the CBS one, and it's my first time watching the challenge. And I just like, I love the show. I'm fascinated. So we would love to see you on next season. That would be all. No, trust me. I would. I don't know if uh, my gameplay did me the justice or they'll be calling me anytime soon, but hopefully eventually, you know, that would be awesome. So now we have some non-Big Brother related questions. Yeah. So first, our podcast, we talk a lot about like nostalgic things. Like that's kind of what like bonded us as cousins together. We're cousins. We didn't mention that. I don't know if we did, but whatever. So (laughs) 
one like so Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, all that stuff was like a big deal for us back in the day. So we're wondering yeah. what was your favorite of like TV show when you were younger? Yeah, so I'm trying to think. My favorite, one of my favorite TV shows, and I think I was still in the age group where I was like, I would watch Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, like Zoe One on One, all that yeah. stuff. You know, I was still in like my prime younger age to be watching that stuff. Um, my, so I have a little brother that is 19 now. So when he was younger, he was more into like a SpongeBob or like Wizards of Waverly Place. But like, and I, I wouldn't be the one watching it, but like he'd have it on and I'd be in the background, like kind of watching it or re- not admitting to it. Um, but yeah, man, uh, um, George Lopez loved watching that. I would have that on every night going to sleep. Um, so those are just a few of my favorite shows, but definitely was a bit, I'm a big Disney World guy. You know, I love going. I lived down in Florida for four or five years when I was coaching football. So Universal, Disney World, I'm a huge fan, man. I love, love going. The name of our podcast, Sweet Things, originates, we, well, we're, we have big sweet tooths. And so we kind of bring a lot of that into the podcast too. Yeah. But when Zach on the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody says, hey, sweet thing, we figured it was yeah. a perfect thing for our podcast. <laughs> so we're huge Zach and Cody fans. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Our next question is Staten Island related. We got to get your favorite pizza. We got to put it on the record. We have to know oh, where you go easy. for your pizza here. So easy. So 100% the best pizza on Staten Island, Danino's. I love Danino's. <laughs> that's, that our, is, that's my Danino's favorite. Danino's is amazing, man. That's where I've been going for years. You know, being down in Florida, I usually only came back to New York one to two times a year because, you know, I was busy with work and coaching football. Um, so when I came home, even if it was for three, four days, the family knew, like, I set up the Nino's trip because we're going absolutely my favorite, 100%. Same thing for me. When I visit, like, Danino's is the first stop. We always go. So next time I'm in town and all of us are there, we could all meet for Danino's one night. Absolutely, please. <laughs> I mean, now that you guys have my number two, whenever I would love to get together, that would be awesome. Yes. Awesome. I- I'm more of a Lee's girl, but. I know. That was probably going to be my second. <laughs> that was probably, I swear, going to be my second. So both great, though. Both great. And if you're ever in Arizona, Kateri owns a pizzeria. So yeah, I do own a pizzeria really? out here, a New York style pizzeria. It's called Amici. So if you're oh. ever out here, I got the hookup. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we were talking about obviously the cast, and I think we'll set up a bunch of trips once it's over. Um, but I knew Arizona was definitely somewhere I've never been and want to go. Um, so I'll definitely try and set up a, a, a trip with the cast to Arizona. Hopefully, come by the pizza place. It would be amazing. We're I don't think that. you understand how much I, I would literally die. I know, I promise. Yeah, so let's set this up. <laughs> I promise. I'm, I'll do my best to make sure. Obviously, it's going to take a little bit because not everybody's as dumb as me. It got sent home early. <laughs> but once everybody gets sent home and, you know, we're figuring some things out, we're trying to set up a bunch of trips. So Arizona, uh, your pizza spot would definitely be one of the trips. That's I'll try and do my best to make sure it happens. Awesome. Perfect. And then one thing we do at the end of every episode, we talk, we give our sweet thing of the week. So pretty much we just say what our favorite like sweet thing or it could be any like food drink that's our favorite at the moment it's your favorite thing at the moment but if you don't have one yet we can go first to kind Uh, of no I got you guys can go first I have mine uh, especially after Sunday watching my eviction episode um (laughs) so my sweet thing of the week was tequila uh tequila (laughs) on my watching my uh eviction and that was the one thing that I was actually happy my eviction got moved from Thursday to Sunday because mm-hmm. I was talking to Cody. I was like only the second person who was ever able to watch their eviction live on Sunday. Um, so tequila made it feel a lot better. So tequila, <laughs> absolutely 100% my sweet thing of the week. No Is doubt. there a certain brand 
that you recommend or just tequila in general? So, I mean, you can't go wrong with Casamigos, but as long as it's some tequila, you know, it makes things feel a lot better, made my eviction feel better. You know, you got to be responsible while you drink. Don't get too out of control, but a couple of drinks around family and friends, uh, you know, never does you wrong. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Well, my sweet thing is a little more PG-13, I guess, but um, <laughs> they have this new cinnamon toast crunch icing in the stores. And oh I bought that and I paired it with cinnamon graham crackers and you just dip it in. It's been my favorite snack lately. It's so good. So oh, I that sounds amazing. Anything. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta try that for sure. Yeah. Mine is so Cole, my cousin, Kateri's brother, he mentioned these to us and I got them. They're now my sweet thing. It's the goldfish flavor blasted extra cheesy pizza. Oh my God. So you're going to be so mad at me too, because the one of my one snacks I can't stand is goldfish. I don't know why I just can't do goldfish. Maybe <laughs> oh, no. You know, I think it's getting the cheesy fingers when you pull it out. That thing, yeah. ugh, for whatever reason, just not my go-to, <laughs> but I respect it. I know people love goldfish, so I'm with you. I'm with you. They're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll give them a second try. Maybe I, should, now I'll listen to you and give them a shot. You should. I gave them a shot. You need to give them a shot. For sure. Definitely. I respect your decision. So I'll, I'll try one more time. Just one more. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right, so I guess that's all we have for the questions. I know it was very long. So thank you so much for dealing with all the questions. Like, no, you know, was... like we said, we're huge super fans. So this is a big deal. You're our first ever reality guest. And we're like awesome. honored that you even considered coming on. And we, oh, even for have, sure. we have like a ton more questions that we didn't even get to. We're like, this is getting long. He probably wants to go. <laughs> no, you're good. And even, even at some point, you know, if I, I mean, I wouldn't join, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you guys are going to want other people, but at some point you guys want to talk more, man. I hope you guys see, I'm a passionate person. I love talking about, you know, my hometown, love talking about big brother. You know, I love talking to people, you know, it's something that it's one of my passions and that's why, I'm hoping to maybe get in sports media and do something with that, having a sports background. But if you guys ever want to talk again and we have a little bit of free time, I would love to set something up. It would be awesome. We would love to have you back. So we'll definitely reach out to you. Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure, man. I really appreciate you guys. Definitely hope to see you guys out. Hopefully we can get together one day with everybody and just have a blast. That yeah, awesome. definitely. We always feel like major FOMO, like after the season's end and the cast gets together and they're like all in Vegas or something. We're like, we should be there, even though we're um, not like alumni or anything. We're like, oh. I'm, I'm telling you, if, if I could get them here in the Staten Island, New York, I'll definitely let you guys know. And if we're ever out in Arizona, I plan like I love and I'm sure y'all know DJs in Belmar, New Jersey. I am, you know, I don't go a lot because I was in Florida, but I love me some DJs. So I'm gonna try and get the cast out there. I don't know if they can handle that craziness, but, you know, I plan on setting up a bunch of trips and having a lot of fun, you know. I've never been to DJs, but I hear it's great. So I'm, next yes. time you go, hit me up. I, I'm telling you, no, for sure. It's it's a little bit, uh, you know, definitely some madness goes on, but it's a good time, man. Just, uh, you know, a lot of friends able to, you know, go have a good time. So for sure, definitely got to stop by. I would probably be yeah. making some appearances. So if you stop by, please let me know. Definitely, definitely. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Pooch, for coming on our podcast and talking with us. And if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Sweet Things Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are heard. I'm Kara. And I'm Katiri. And I'm Pooch. And I hope y'all have the sweetest day. <laughs>